Hi guys, and welcome to the first episode of Starting Out with Justin Butler. My name is Justin Butler, and yeah, new podcast. I am very, very excited about it. The whole idea behind this podcast is to showcase local art and local talent. And by local, I just mean anyone who doesn't have a huge internet following or has been in movies or TV or anything like that, just to get you uh, acquainted with some people that you may not have heard of otherwise and hear their stories. I've always been very interested in talking to passionate people about their passions, and I thought I would share that with you guys. Um, you can find the show over at soundcloud.com slash blamingonbutler. Um, you can find a little blog about my experience being a uh, newer comedian um, over at blamingonbutler at wordpress.com and pretty much on every other social media uh, thing at Blaming on Butler. Uh, my first guest is Matt Moore. He's a good friend of mine and a local comedian over in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. He's a very, very funny guy. We talk about his early obsession with talk radio uh, as a kid and just a slew of other hilarious things. Um, so without much further ado, let's get into it. Can so. this be used against me in a court of law? Um, probably. It's going on the internet. All so. right. Well, fuck. But uh, yeah, Thursday's show a little a little weird a little weird yeah well it was like a small crowd but it was it was better than like i don't know you must have been there the last time we did a thursday show where like we had 20 people but like none of them wanted to laugh yeah where it was like they would they wouldn't like laugh at a joke they would kind of like chuckle and everybody was being quiet mm-hmm. but the 10 people we had there which is like the smallest i've ever that's not true i mean i've done shows at the green door where it's me and the bartender but um it was like the smallest we've had emojis in a while but they were actually like in the beginning because i was running the clock and you could kind of tell because like usually like you and and risden and joshua had uh five minutes right and usually you guys do those five minutes or a little bit more, mm-hmm. but then like Risden and Joshua were coming in at like three minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> and like, it just kind of like the time just started getting shorter and shorter. And I'm like, that's how you can tell like this audience was like, just, they can really suck like the life out of them. No, I, uh, I don't even know how much I ended up doing. I like felt way more rushed than I usually do. I got through my, uh, my little notes very quick, skipped over something, but I was like, if I'm not going back. (laughs) Yeah, it's, and that's why I've, I kind of stopped bringing notes up on stage because for a while I would like not remember what I wanted to say. And then like I would either A, forget to bring my notes up on stage and have no idea what I wanted to talk about. Or B, like every time I like would finish a joke, especially when I first started where I was like just writing like one joke so like the joke would be a sentence or two laugh and then be like a totally new joke right and so like every time at the end my ears just did like the weirdest fucking thing i was like this <laughs> i just had a seizure i'm pretty sure this is i'm nervous but i would um i would forget like what i was gonna say next so i'd be like oh, okay oh fuck hold on and then i have to look down at the notes so now i just go up there and just w- all my rage, I try and just push onto people that don't deserve it. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of at that stage in my comedy career where I feel like most of my things are line, line, punchline, line, line, punchline, and it's it's working. But um, when I see you or JJ or Scotty who have um, like some longer bits, I'm like, man, I'm, I just don't know how to get there yet. Well, I didn't really know either because so what i ended up doing was i kind of did this thing that joe rogan does which i'm not a huge joe rogan fan but he'll like write an essay Mm -hmm. or whatever on like whatever he's interested in and then after he writes that essay he'll go out and like take out the funny parts right and then like that'll be it'll like turn into a bit so i don't like i don't like sit down and write but i'll come up with like an idea or something will happen in my head and then I'll jot that down and then eventually I'll go back to it and I'll like write like a little paragraph or essay or something like that about said topic. And then that kind of turns into like a, a longer bit that you can use on stage. Yeah, I, I have an idea. I jot down one to two words and then it's all mostly writing like on the air, like in my head. 
And uh, then that's what ends up coming out of my mouth. If you look at any of my notebooks, you'll see just a bunch of bullet points with not even a sentence on each of them. And that's what my jokes end up being. Yeah, well, that's like I usually just because I'm a millennial and I don't really use my hands to write anymore. <laughs> I just like have a, a a file on my phone where I write jokes down, but it's always like fragmented and really stupid. I think like the most like the best example of this is I was probably drunk when I wrote this, but I was like, uh, everybody's pubic hair looks like a Irish river dancer when it's humid <laughs> out. <laughs> And that's when I kind of realized that I got had to start <laughs> switching it up. Uh, that's amazing. I know, it, and it'd be funny to say, but it's <laughs> there's nothing, nothing after. Yeah, that's just it. And all right, on to the next one. Um, so obviously not Joe Rogan, but uh, what are who are some of your influences? I know the big one, but our audience doesn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd say my favorite comedian is is uh, Mark Maron. Um, and I would say I was like when I was like a little kid, like twelve or like thirteen or whatever. I was, uh, I had like a shrine in my room to like talk radio. Mm-hmm. So like NPR or like the local Boston talk radio channels. I had like two like studio style like subwoofer speakers. And like a radio hooked up. I wouldn't even play music. I would just listen to talk radio. And then I got an iPad and I started listening to podcasts. And I found Mark Maron's What the Fuck podcast when I was like 14, which mm-hmm. is like the worst. You should not start listening to that if you're a 14 year old. <laughs> just ruin your life from the get go. Well, right. Because it was like I found his podcast that was probably back in, I don't know, 2009, 2008, something like that. When he first started, it was like the first or second episode. Uh, that he had put out and he was just like reeling from this horrible divorce and was like pissed off at the world and he started his podcast because he was like sitting in his garage he's like i mean they're gonna kill myself or i'm gonna you know do this yeah. podcast and ever since then it's just been like fucking downhill from there because <laughs> it's bad like I was, I was like an angry little 14 year old kid like and i could resonate with this like 50 year old bitter yeah twice divorced <laughs> the idea of like other kids playing with legos and listening to kids bop and you're just gathering sound equipment and listening to npr is really funny <laughs> yeah that's uh, kind of why i'm such a <laughs> fucked up individual now it's a very bleak outlook is there a, is there anyone else other than mark that uh maybe you get some stylistic influence from or because we're very new in our career we're at that point to where um the phrase steal like an artist <laughs> is kind of yeah there. <laughs> um, well, like I, like I would love to do that. Like just like come off as some other famous comedian, but I have like a hard time doing that for some reason. I, I mean, I really like uh, Mike Birbiglia. He's, mm-hmm. he's a good one, but I don't think there's any way I'd ever be able to do uh, something like what Mike Birbiglia does. Cause he's so funny and it's so real and it's yeah. like it's like he's telling us he's not just telling jokes he's telling stories but he he's one of the bigger guys that i really like to listen to um and i like i mean but now that like we're out and about and doing comedy on the gulf coast i just like watch my friends now really do comedy because i mean once once you're listening to somebody that's already famous like it can still be funny but it's more interesting to me as a fan of comedy to like watch somebody's career progress or grow or they get funnier so i i enjoy watching my friends more now i think than i do yeah i um i listen to albums a lot less um just because being around like you and mark and jj and the whole crew we have going on here like that's uh it's more inspiring to see like someone that you know someone that you can talk to someone who's in kind of the same place in life that you are like succeed and (laughs) be funny that's uh i i get more from that than listening to pat oswald or someone which i love yeah but it's just more uh personal and by the way let me clarify um when i said steal like an artist that's a phrase don't actually tell someone else's <laughs> jokes you piece of shit <laughs> i know there's i drew uh drew wayne has this comedy show called uh comedians power hour i don't you i don't know if you've ever been to it but i've been to super kick i haven't been to power Hour. yeah so the power hour i mean they do it in austin and new york now too i think they did one in new orleans but um it's like two comedians like taking shots and doing jokes in between to see who's funnier Mm -hmm. and then they have four challenges in the show which are kind of like improv challenges 
and they they always differ except for the first one was always a, a biter set so like the comedians have to do somebody else's joke and see mm-hmm. who could do it better and it's always you can see everybody just kind of like cringing in this <laughs> and it's incredibly uncomfortable that's why like um i'm not really super paranoid about it but when i travel at the level that we are at um and i tell a joke and it does really well um I'm really afraid that like a year or two down the line, I'll like get around back to that area and I'll hear <laughs> my joke from some college kid. Yeah. Well, that's, I think I'm watching your cat take a piss in the water box. Oh, right probably. Now. Yeah. It's uh, right in the eye line. <laughs> just <laughs> doing his thing. Don't mind me just being a cat. Um, yeah, I never, I mean, I guess that's why I don't like put my, jokes up online a because i don't think anybody would really fucking watch them but b is like that's like super easy like some fucking youtube vine celebrity like mm-hmm. caesar joke and the next thing you know it's like a tweet or whatever and, um but i will say i'm far more nervous of me accidentally doing somebody else's joke you know because i mean i mean that that happens and I mean, you can see there's people who clearly do like verbatim, like mm-hmm. Louis C.K. or stuff like that. But like, you could have the same pre- um, premise for a joke as somebody else, and then all of a sudden it comes off as like you're stealing from them. And that's my biggest fear. I would I would never want to. Well, do yeah, that. because parallel thinking's going to happen, mm. like um, the collective unconscious. If you buy into all that, but uh, just you're gonna have the same idea as someone else. Um, originality, like true originality, is very, very, very hard to come by. The difference is, uh, is it your point of view on that premise or are you just regurgitating someone else's? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm trying to be more of a crazy person when I'm doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that's more original and stuff like that. But yeah. How, now have you had someone say like, Oh, that joke's similar to this, this and this. Have you had to check up on yourself like that? Um, no, I don't think so. There was there was one time where I, you know, I do this joke that's like, oh, if you count the rings on my stomach or whatever, you can tell how many times I ate McDonald's sat in a one. Mm-hmm. And Mark, Mark was like, he, he was like, oh, well, that sounds familiar. But I mean, Mark also comes and watches all my sets, and yeah. then you know, we can never track down because if you know, if I have like the same presence as a joke as somebody else, that's, especially if it's been like recorded or something, I would mm-hmm. never um, do it again. But I don't, I don't think so, too much. Yeah, there was there was one joke that I used to do that I've um, taken out that um, someone came up to me and they was like, hey, really good set. Uh, yeah, your last joke reminded me of Dimitri Martin. So I went through all of his albums <laughs> to find what he was talking about. And he was right. It was like maybe two beats off from being pretty much the same joke. And I was like, well, that's that's just got to go now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I never... <laughs> there, I, sometimes you'll see people like in the back of comedy clubs during a show or not really clubs bars because we're not really at clubs yet but in like the back of a bar like before they're set like writing jokes down mm-hmm. and that always makes me so fucking nervous <laughs> um, i never like i i really i don't even really watch like netflix comedy specials anymore i don't mm-hmm. really have the attention span for it but um you know if i ever do and like i have like the urge to write something i'm like i'm probably gonna pass on that yeah you gotta you gotta be careful because um especially if you're hot off getting inspired by someone else's album chances are you're gonna write something very similar to that person yeah yeah absolutely so what was the turn from um being a kid i'm interested in npr uh, interested (laughs) in talk radio uh to i want to do comedy i mean it's kind of a natural turn but what was that exact point for you um I don't know. I think when I was like 16 or something like that, I wrote like a few jokes down or, or, or something like that. And I was like, well, maybe one day I'll do this or something like that. And then like most things you kind of forget about it and, and put it in the back of your mm-hmm. closet or, or something like that. And then I, I went on and I, I moved to Florida and like the first weekend I was here, I saw a sign for a comedy show at the block. And I said, oh, well, that would be kind of cool. Maybe I should go try it out. Turns out uh, the block sucks ass and <laughs> they don't let uh, people do comedy there. Uh, <laughs> you know, unless you had to sign a fucking contract. But yeah. um, then it was like a year later and I think I came back from seeing my family at, at Christmas and I fucking hated it here. Mm-hmm. And I was stuck here. Uh, and I was just like, well, I got to find 
something to do. I had been writing like a few jokes down before. Uh, I had a friend read it. The, your cats, There's a cat on the table. Cats don't like me. I don't like cats. <laughs> it's just fucking like hot. That's why I don't like cats. They can get wherever the fuck they want <laughs> at any time. That was a show of dominance right there. Yeah. Did you see that? He's like, yeah, I'm going to... For for the listeners, we're sitting in my kitchen, which is very open. The laundry room where we keep the litter box is like right in eye line. Um, I'm planning on when I'm a little less broke, like when taxes hit, um, to kill your cat, hire kill somebody my cat, to kill yeah. your cat, <laughs> dispose of the evidence. No, I'm uh, gonna get a table and some nice chairs and uh, make the garage a podcast room because oh okay, the shout out to little, Mark Mayer. Yep. This, uh, my taxes actually just hit. It's funny you mentioned that. I did a, see, it's coming back. <laughs> it's, it, 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 oh my God. Look at that. He can't even hurt you. Look he has that. like one front paw. No, but he's trying to make it look like he can hurt me. <laughs> look at how threatening. Look, he's fucking licking his lips. <laughs> I don't fuck with cats at all. Did you ever see that movie where it was like dogs versus cats or whatever? They're very clearly. Yep. Oh, you have a spray bottle? No, yep. it's going to get pissed now. It's like a he, hornet's he, nest. He doesn't get pissed. He doesn't get he's pissed. not even frightened by that. <laughs> he's he's like, fucking shoot he's me so with it. I have nothing right left now. to live. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Do you have catnip? Uh, I do upstairs. Can we get your cat high? That's the only thing I've ever wanted to see. Some I just I've never seen a cat on. It's getting ready to fucking jump, dude. I swear to. Oh, <laughs> now he's scared. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> I think we were talking about. Oh, f- yeah. So, um, so I like written some jokes down, and they were just terrible. Um, but I showed them to my buddy, and he was like, "Yeah, that's kind of." or whatever and so then i just started writing like a lot and um i had friends who worked with mark labarge who's a, a local comedian here and he had been going out to the green door um downtown in fort walton on miracle strip and that's kind of that had just recently started opening up i think like a few shows before i got there but mark invited me out and i did like two or three minutes couldn't even look at the audience, looked at my feet the whole time and got like a relatively good response, which kind of happens for your first time because you have like this weird energy. And then for the next like 10 to 12 weeks that I went out and did comedy, I just ate shit super hard. Yeah. Um, But that was it. After that, Drew kind of hooked me up, started putting me on shows, brought me down here to Mosey's. Uh, then I started branching out on my own a little bit, doing some shows in Boston and New Orleans which went horrible, but it was fun at the same time. <laughs> what was uh, what was Boston like? Uh, it's crowded. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, Boston was really cool. I did two shows. I did one uh, at the Iron Furnace. I did like their open mic, which is like a kind of like an audition, right? Mm-hmm. For that's how a lot of those open mics work up there. Is like because nobody goes to open mics anymore. Um, it's like only comedians, which I don't, I don't really know how I feel about that. Cause I don't like going to open mics either. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't blame people for not going, but, um, a lot of those are like the bar on like an off day. will have like the open mic and then they'll have like a big show or like a real mm. showcase, um, later in the week. And, uh, so like you go and you try out and the guy watching the room either says yes or no. And then eventually you might get a phone call or something like that. Um, so the Iron Furnace is a cool spot. Uh, Sean uh, Carter runs it up there. I don't think he fucking knows me. So I, mean, I don't <laughs> think he'll hear this either. But And then I did a showcase at this Chinese restaurant <laughs> called the Omoto Garden. It was <laughs> just like this one little bar. Everybody was just eating sushi and stuff like that. But 40 people came out to this and it, right outside nice. of Boston. Um, and it was it was like a startup. I think the room had been going for a year a lot of the people on the show were friends with a guy, Tyler Swain, who's who's a funny guy and a good guy, uh, who runs it. Um, so it's kind of just like, they, I think they call themselves like the South Shore Boys now or something like that. <laughs> uh, this little comedy clique, but they're, they're good guys. And that show was super fun. Um, but Boston's, Boston's weird. And I, I think eventually I'm going to 
take the plunge and move back up there just to get more work because you can get a lot of work in Boston, but yeah. a lot of people stay there. There's a lot of really famous Boston comedians mm-hmm. who uh, kind of just stay there and end up like headlining the clubs all the time. And yeah. I don't know if I don't know if I'd do that because I don't think I can live in the same place my entire life, but. Um, but it's, it, it's cool. And like, there's more to do and like, you can do a show almost every day. Unlike down here where it's kind of slower. Yeah. Uh, twice a month if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, the, the comedy clicks have always been funny to me. I mean, we have like a small group that we usually associate with, um, but we're willing to branch out the people that are always like, uh, Oh, we're the so and so gang, or this, this. That's and this right, comedy. lost couch comedy group. Fuck you guys. I'm gonna <laughs> shout them out right now. Mosey, we don't even have like a name for a click or whatever, but we gotta, we gotta get a name because we got gang turf that we gotta fight with the the lost couch boys. Yeah, I really don't want a Panama City comedy gang war. No, <laughs> they're. I mean, they're going down. We're moving into their bars. We're taking over their spots. We're gonna be telling all the same fucking jokes they tell. Uh, until we run out of town, but I mean that who is that girl Sarah or whatever from the last couch that came out mm-hmm. uh, to the show last week? Did she uh, did she get, like get kicked out of the last couch? Because I not feel like she was like sure. seeking refugee status at Mosey's. That's what it seemed. Like. I I'm, I mean I I don't really want to talk bad about people on the mic, but I have heard um, that uh, the little on the mic caveat. I know. Um, I mean, she came out strong with a joke about bleaching assholes. I did not expect that. Well, no, not 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 her, but the that group in general. Um, Andrew Silas, um, yeah, who has since moved away from here. He would have been great to have on the show. Um, oh, okay, fuck me. But uh, yeah, fuck you, Matt. Every, now, everybody wants Andrew on the show. <laughs> I'm just like the fucking. All right, you're available. You don't have anything to do on Saturday. <laughs> no, he um he tried to get in with a uh, lost couch. Because he heard they were doing a show there, and he's like, "Hey, I've been doing stuff here, here, and here. I've been to this, this, and this festival." And they were like, "No, we only uh, put real comedians on." <laughs> I was like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> Andrew's like, Andrew makes his living off of doing comedy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's so. Last Couch Boys, if you hear this, <laughs> we're fucking coming for you. <laughs> The address is 2609. I don't remember the name of the road, so you'll probably be all right. But we got a fucking cat here who will He's assert got... his dominance. I'll, he'll piss in front of you. This cat doesn't give a fuck. Don't even think about bringing a spray bottle because he doesn't care. He's got one and a half paws. Yeah. He's serious. He's got warm. He only has one and a half paws? Yeah. He. Uh, what happened? Isn't he supposed to have four? He got... Uh, well, I meant front balls. Um, oh, I was gonna. No, <laughs> <laughs> should have clarified. No, he got he got bit by a dog when he was a kitten. See, that cat does not give a fuck about <laughs> anything. He's down. He's ready to go. That's why. That's why I don't mess with. Look at him. He's just watching like it's a trap house. He's like, gonna, who's pulling in the driveway? <sighs> I, I'm. I am sorry. You had to drive deep through the. Meth I was lab, honestly Confederate flag painted. I was, <laughs> I was honestly having like a little bit of an existential crisis. I was driving here because uh, so like uh, I go to play poker at, at the Ebro. Shout out to Ebro Greyhound Park. That's where I lose all my money. But that's like the farthest east I go on that road. And then every night that I drive out to Ebro, I look across the road and there's a highway. And I'm like, where does that lead to? And I'm like, it probably leads to nothing. And it leads to nothing. <laughs> It was insane. I'm like, literally, I felt like I left, even though Florida itself, like, is a totally different country, but I left the United States into, like, some weird post-apocalyptic, everybody's driving trucks, there's, like, Ford Broncos on the side of the road, and I was like, where the fuck? I'm like, I can't live here any longer. (laughs) Yeah, it goes from, like, a decent Florida town to Silent Hill really quick. You're about two miles down any given road. Yeah, I honestly thought like you were setting me up for something. Like I was like the gears were turning. I was getting mad at you. I was like, why <laughs> the fuck is he sending me to this place right now? This, uh, I mean, it's like there's a Confederate flag like flying on like a twenty foot high. Like I didn't even think that was legal anymore. And under it, it's a sign for like the Southern confederate sons of whatever sons of confederate soldiers what's the deal with those guys because i'm like i drove past the sign i'm like there's no way that's not a hate group (laughs) i have no idea but i will say i know the exact uh flag you're talking about um and 
it used to just, I don't remember it verbatim, but it was a very racist keep out Mexican sign. Dude, the cat's back. <laughs> it, look at it. He's pissed. He's <laughs> like, come and get it. Yeah, but I mean, I heard the Lost Couch Comedy Boys do comedy shows for them. So. Oh, know. yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that they are white supremacists. I'm just saying <laughs> they might associate with <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be bad. I'm going to hear about this. I don't even fucking know those guys. So, uh, so outside of stand-up, and I don't mean like, what do you do to pay the bills? Like, what else do you like to do? What else are you passionate about? Uh, I like to write. I like photography. Uh, apparently, I do music videos now. I don't oh, even know how, how I got <laughs> I was behind Mosey's one night uh, trying to take photos because um, it was like a cool, like weird lit uh, alleyway behind the bar. And some some guy comes up and he's got tattoos up to his neck and he's like smoking a blunt or whatever. And he's like, uh, he's like, hey, uh, you do music videos? And I was like, oh, man, I don't really. And he's like, I'll give you three hundred dollars. And I was like, I do music videos all the time. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted to do. Uh, but his name's Cam. Camo is like his rap name or whatever from Panama City. I don't know okay. if you know him. I don't. But he but. came out He came out to the show or whatever, and he's, he like gave me his number, and he's like, we're going to make a music video. So, fuck, I guess I'm making music videos now. His rap name is Camo? Is Camo, yeah. But Honestly, I listened to his song, and... Cause he's paying me. <laughs> it really wasn't. I'm like, it really wasn't that bad. It was like uh, kind of cool, I guess. So yeah, I guess I do music videos. I used to make. Um, well, I mean, I like produced one documentary uh, back in my hometown. I worked for this like uh, school news channel, but it was mm. like kind of legit. Cause in Massachusetts, we had like a fuckload of money, so we had like Macs and like HD, like actual news cameras and stuff like that. So. Um, that I'm into like producing and writing and making things that people watch. So, I mean, we're trying to get working on like a web series TV show type deal here. And I have, uh, I have a few things I'm like, always, I'm always like working on something and I always have new ideas coming up. So mm-hmm. like I'm in like the first chapter or two of this book, I've been trying to write along with other, other shows and screenplays and stuff like that. It's all just a bunch of half baked ideas, throw it at the wall, hope something sticks. Yeah. No, I understand what that's like. Um, I've started, we're working on something, I guess, podcast announcement, we're working on something. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but hopefully it will. Um, <laughs> I've uh, I've written so many, like, half screenplays, half comic books, like, yeah. it, my computer... Uh, my writing file on my computer is just filled with uh, halfway fulfilled dreams. Yeah, well, <laughs> nobody's knocking on my door to make shit for him, so I, <laughs> you know, I got, I got time. Yeah, I got time. Plus, usually it's like if I'm writing, I'm also have the ability to be drinking, and that usually never goes well. For me, I get a lot done when I'm drinking. Does it need to be cleaned up afterwards? <laughs> yeah, but does it get done? See, yes. I can't even, like, I went over to Mark's house last night to have, like, a, a few drinks or whatever and watch some movies. I ended up drinking, like, a half a fifth of Bombay in, like, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even finish the movie. It was, it was horrible, and I'm paying for it today. Well, it's just, like, we got, what was it, seven pages deep in our... Yeah, that was that actually a pretty productive... Night. I, was, I remember that. I was drinking Monkey Shoulder bourbon. Shout out to Monkey Shoulder sponsoring the show. Um... And yeah, that was, I mean, that was pretty good. It's incredibly dark and depressing, but I think uh, when it comes together, it'll be pretty, we just got to start running. I mean, this is probably a conversation for Optimize. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> we got to, yeah, we got to write some more people into there. <laughs> no, it, uh, I'm very excited. Um, I'm a terrible podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. I mean, you just, you still have the pen and the paper and still at, at, at this point, at this point, it is less of uh, functionality and more just An me to have a nervous tick. Oh, are you nervous? Ex- am I, I making you nervous? I, I, I'm always nervous, dude. I am a, I'm a nervous guy. I'm a very nervous guy. See, we try to, we try to make a podcast um, uh, a couple of weeks ago called "We Hate You All." Um, I don't know why I plugged it because it's probably never going to come out. But it was just like all of the kind of the Fort Walton guys sitting around. <laughs> 
we showed up and i'm like they're like well what's the name i'm like it's called we hate you all and they're like so what are we gonna do i'm like we're just gonna talk shit about everything and anything <laughs> and it was like 50 minutes of like the worst thing <laughs> like non-publishable thing you could ever say and everything i told them not to talk about they started talking about <laughs> <laughs> well the whole the whole nature of this um first episode is a loud to be a little wonky. Yeah, well, the first is like every time I've ever done something, like I made a movie probably a year ago. Well, it wasn't a movie. It was like a short film. I, I, I say movie like Casey Neistat says movie, but it was like uh, this. Oh, it was so bad, but I just wanted to do something. It was called Shampoo, and it was just like this sequence of somebody going through their day, and like it just repeats, and the alarm goes off and things like that. It was like five minutes long, but... I just filmed it on my iPhone and it was so fucking shitty, but I was like, it's supposed to be shitty. Like a lot of this stuff is like, I don't, I don't mind if something doesn't look good, you know? Right. Like, Cause a lot of movies like you could spend like that Hardy Henry or whatever the fuck that yeah. movie was where he comes out and kills like 20,000 people. Like that's great. That's high production value. Like it looks good, but like it doesn't mean anything. So like, I'd rather watch like a movie with like, shitty quality film or something like that and have it actually like mean something or be productive in some way. Yeah. I'm still riding that wave of, uh, from the first time I saw clerks and I was like, people can make movies like this. Yeah. Well, it doesn't happen (laughs) too much often anymore, but yeah. Well, I mean, just, just the whole do it yourself. You don't need permission aspect of it. Like, well, you have success. I don't know if that's going to happen to anyone ever again with the internet, how it is now. Um, because so yeah. many people have that outlet now. You don't have to go to uh, Sundance. You don't have to go to any film festival. You can just put it up there, and if it, and if an audience finds it, then... Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, and that's in comedy and film and stuff like that. There's so much over-saturation of mm-hmm. things, and none of it's very good. You know, I mean, if you just look at Netflix, like, I think they, they put out, like, 10 comedy specials a day. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of people like there was somebody I saw the other day that had put out an album and it was just like not great quality, like not, not a shit on the person who made the album, I guess. Cause that's their artwork. Right. But it's like, there's so much, uh, everybody like who watches stuff, they want it free and they want it right away. And while that's like good. And I think that like, yeah, like Netflix and YouTube and stuff like that. Like I enjoy watching it, but there's so many people that are just like, want to be, want to capitalize on that. How Mm -hmm. like everybody wants something free and immediate and all the time that they're willing to just put out whatever. Yeah. Even if it's total garbage, even if it doesn't mean anything, even if you look like a fucking idiot on the internet, like just to get that AdSense revenue, Mm -hmm. like they're ready to go and down to do it. Um, And I think that's like, big in comedy too and stuff like that but that's just people want to capitalize on kind of like the social media thing um and it works out for some people but i don't i mean i don't think it's been long enough to see like the long-term effects of that mm-hmm. i think any sort of like social media f- fame is kind of fleeting i guess but if everybody gives them all their money like in the first two years that they put out like 300 youtube videos and i guess it doesn't matter yeah this whole this whole thing is fairly new about um it's even less about, like you said, making quality things. It's just about uh, making your brand of self um, recognizable. Like you just mm. keep throwing stuff out. Um, and I, I mean, eventually you throw enough stuff at the wall, something will eventually stick. Uh, but it, it's, it's just so weird to me that people um, like Vine, for instance, what was that? Three seconds? And they're just three seconds, seconds yeah. of yelling something with a friend. And then eventually they get all these followers or getting all this money. I mean, Vine's not a thing anymore. Um, but it, 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 it's just crazy. You don't, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to put forth a lot of effort. No, you just have to right place, right time it. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I mean, people who have the attention span for doing that, I guess like I couldn't walk around all day with a camera to my face one. Cause it's boring too, because mm-hmm. I don't do anything, but like, that's why I don't even really plug like, uh, my Twitter handle or anything at shows anymore. Cause I don't even tweet anymore. Like I can't even keep up the pay. I feel like I've fallen so b- far behind on that type of pace that I can't even c- keep up with it. I'd rather people either watch something that I spent time to make and work on 
or come and like see me do comedy live or something like that because that's like i'd rather instead of like liking a tweet writer like watching some video mm. I, I put up like that i made in one day or, or something like that i would rather have a real experience and that's kind of one of the reasons why i like comedy is because I wouldn't say it's like a conversation because most of the time it's pretty one way, like me yeah. screaming at people and taking my anger out on them or something like that. But um, it's more of like in a, a group experience or something like that. Mm. Like that's why recently, like when I've been going to shows, I've just been like, before I start really getting into anything, I kind of like address how I think like the crowd is feeling, right? Like if I don't think they're they're loving it or if, you know, like the other night I was like, kind of a small crowd and everybody was making fun of like how y'all were here you know for the 10 people here yeah i was you know i was like hey don't let these people fucking judge the size of your (laughs) audience or something like that it's um and then i i usually get like a better response after that because it's kind of like okay like we got to do this like this is at some point it's like my job and it's your guys's job to sit there and listen i guess yeah i mean you could walk out i hope you don't but um it's kind of like uh we're in this together sort of creating some type of moment that is not being recorded and is going to be gone uh, you know as soon as you Mm -hmm. walk out of the room no that's why i i think um we're at a point now because everything is so immediate on the internet that a live experiences are starting to come back around in popularity um just because you know at home you're like oh i can watch this this and this show but it's just like you consume it and then it's out of your head immediately um but if you go see live stand-up if you go see a band if you go see theater or whatever um you're there you're connected with the rest of the audience and with the performer and as a performer standpoint um i could talk into a mic and tell jokes all day to nobody and maybe someone on the internet finds it funny but i'll never know Mm. it's just feeling that immediate feedback it's 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 wonderful yeah well you can also see like now like all these youtube celebrities out in los angeles or whatever are getting spots at places like the improv or flappers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and you know if you watch their sets online they kind of like take their youtube video and try and like translate it to like actual stand-up or something like that and it just never works out Mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to work out it's more like you know oh you see somebody on the internet and then they show up to that club and like people come out to see them and you know that's why they're getting those spots or whatever but yeah um yeah i mean live shows are the good the only gamble or or they're good to go to the only gamble is that like sometimes it's gonna suck you know like sometimes a comedian's going to get up there and not be funny or somebody's yeah. not going to sing good in a play and stuff like that. But it's still an experience. You can all walk out together and talk in the car like that guy fucking sucked yeah. at telling those jokes. And then hopefully come back and see it get better or something like that. But it, it like people kind of take a gamble. And I think it's also like people like to come out to shows and stuff like that. But then at the same time, they're like, oh, well, like what if it sucks? And then I can just stay home and watch Netflix. And I know that's going to be funny or something like that. Yeah. But... I would rather have a sucky, like, honest live experience than, like, just mindlessly watch something. Just yeah, like, other oh, than that porn, was okay. I would yeah. totally agree with you. <laughs> I could stay home and watch porn all day. I'd probably be fine. <laughs> That's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> Make enough money where you don't have to leave your house. And you can just jerk off all day you have amazon deliver your groceries if for you. you really think about it social media definitely took porn's platform of just <laughs> here watch this we're all whores eventually anybody that makes anything is just a is just a whore well it, it's been said like time and time again that like the porn and uh, porn industry is what drives technology like um that's why vcr beat uh, beta is because more porn was being made for it. I mean, that's, that's it's the only reason I have an iPad. To yeah. be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> I just needed a separate device. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't you can't mix much. I have a laptop. Can't mix business and pleasure. No, you can't. Uh, <laughs> you can't. I have a separate email address, and people always ask me. They're like, "Why do you have an email address to watch porn?" If you don't know the answer to that question, you don't watch <laughs> enough porn. But 
I mean, I'm just being totally honest. That's the only reason I have an iPad, I guess. Because, fuck. I mean, my, my laptop's for my work, and then I have my, my filth pad or whatever mm-hmm. that you can just hide away real quick, you know, in case anybody stops by. <laughs> it's the same. You don't, don't want to take business home. You don't want to, like, have the you exact don't. same computer. <laughs> Which begs the question what do porn stars do? But that's all. Ah. We'll have to get one on here, I guess. <laughs> that's, an, that's another I mean, podcast. they have, I don't know why we're talking about this, but they have, like, YouTube porn stars now. It's, I, don't, I don't know how much porn you watch you have a girlfriend so probably not <laughs> as much as i do but i mean they literally have you can like go and like people's like social media profiles on like a porn website where they make their <laughs> own porn and put it up on it's fucking insane it's it's youtube video stars for porn i guess which oh. honestly is a, a lot better than whatever any other youtube star is doing Whatever, whatever pays the bill, man, and uh, that's uh, it's probably more honest <laughs> to, to that person. Yeah, you're than... just cutting right to the chase. I yeah. just I saw this most <laughs> hilarious post, and I know we're talking, but I'm in uh, the Boston Comedians uh, Facebook group page, and this uh, this one girl had posted, uh, "Does anybody know uh, any shows where you can actually have sex with the audience after you do your set?" <laughs> she's 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 basically just talking about how you know as a comedian like you're already kind of a whore so she was just trying to cut out the middleman (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny i mean we do like it is very similar we go up there we bear ourselves and we make people feel good that's that's it (laughs) yeah and at first like that's for me that's what i thought right like oh if you make somebody laugh like you're doing a good job or whatever but as uh, the more it comes down to it the more it's like i'm there for me right so like when i like i'm not coming like to make the audience happy or whatever Mm. like i'm there because it's gonna I'm going to be able to <laughs> validate myself, I guess, off, yeah. off doing this and not go home and blow my brains out, you know? So that's why, yeah, yeah, making people laugh is great, but I'm not going to pretend that it's not all about me because <laughs> it, no, it is 100% about that's me. fair enough. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. Uh, and please laugh at my jokes so I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're uh that that's what I've liked about um, seeing you so far. Uh, every time you do a set, is uh, you're you're very honest. Do you see if, I'm smiling when you just said that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I was so, but like uh, I think I was at like this one show where Brian was hosting. Brian Hilario, he's an actor in the mm-hmm. local area. He's a funny guy. Uh, but he, he, before he pulled me up on stage, he's like, and uh, this guy is one of my favorite comedians. And it, like, I just like melted in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, even like, even if uh, the audience isn't with you on a joke, like um, you've gotten too dark for that specific audience. <laughs> you don't, you don't pull back. You hammer it in until you get a reaction and be it a laugh or an, Oh, I can tell you're up there. You're like, I'll take it. Yeah. Take well, there's it. some, and I mean, cause uh, I kind of like flipped the switch where like I used to, when I would bomb and like nobody would laugh, I, it, it like kind of compounds on you. And like the first show I did that you saw me at, I did, I was supposed to do 10 minutes. I did four minutes cause I got up there. The mic wasn't working. I forgot everything I wanted to say. Nobody yep. was paying attention. Um, and uh, like I just walked off stage, and it used to be like so crippling. But now, when like it's not going well or something like that, like as long as I have people's attention, like I feel good, or and I feel like engaged, and I'm, I'm like, well, we're gonna get through this. I've even started to pause, like where I'm, where I think I'm supposed to get a laugh, like in that particular, like I'll even stop now and still wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this is like that's where you guys are supposed to fill it in. But yeah, I do. Have started to get kind of dark a, a, a little bit, but usually it gets like an okay response. Some, yeah, sometimes I think like some lady shouted out one time. I was getting like really dark, and she was like, "You're a beautiful person." I'm like, "That's I don't need, I don't need that." I my biggest thing that like I ever would want, other than like success or doing shows all over the place mm-hmm. or something like that, is what I kind of got. As like a kid doing comedy, like or a kid listening to comedy, like I was this like super angry fourteen year old kid listening to Mark Merritt, but like what he was saying, I like connected with and like felt the same way. And yeah. I'm like, oh okay, some you know it, it makes you feel good. You're like, oh somebody else thinks the same way I do, or 
wow, that guy's right. Like this shit is fucked up or something like that. Is that's, that's what I want when somebody watches me to be able to like, if it, you know, if it's just one person and like kind of walk away, like and resonate with, mm-hmm. with what I said other than, other than just laugh, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, for me even, um, with comedy and with anything I do really like the, the goal isn't, I don't want to be super famous. Like if, if that happens, whatever. Um, but the thing is, I just want to be able to pay my bills with not having to do anything else. Like I want to like be writing or be doing stand up or making films or acting or anything creative. Really. I'm totally that, prepared to sleep out of my car. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm ready to do that. I just, yeah, I think uh, depending on what happens here in the, the next couple of months, I would just, if I could drive around for a year and just do comedy all over the place, that's what I would want to do. I think just be a little nomadic for a little bit. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I've been wanting to take, um, like take a week or two off work, get on a Greyhound bus, just tour around and then back down. That's uh, so that's my current, that's my current goal. Yeah. I mean, the, the only time I did like a, a mini tour where I had like, I think I did Mosey's New Orleans and then I came back again and finished in, in Fort Walton. But I was so excited because Thursday we had a show in here in Panama City and it went really good. Uh, and I had two shows lined up in New Orleans for that Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I drove out to New Orleans and absolutely ate shit Saturday night. Like the worst I've ever that. I mean, that's when I came out and opened. Well, I first I opened up with it, it's a place called the Always Lounge mm-hmm. in the seventh ward of Louisiana, which is a really cool place. It's a really cool bar, but it's like, I mean, it looks like Katrina hit yesterday and the Always Lounge is like this drag bar. Yeah. And I walk on stage and I'm like, wow, this place really looks like if ISIS got their hands on a copy of Birdcage. <laughs> and one guy fucking laughed. <laughs> one person laughed. And I was, I was like, fuck you guys. That's hilarious. <laughs> but I, no, I mean, it, it was like a bunch of like 20, and I mean, I'm 21, but it was like a bunch of people like a little, just a little bit older than me. And like, none of them had any fucking idea what I was talking yeah. about. So then I just, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to do a Hurricane Katrina joke. And instantly they were like, get the fuck out of here. Oh man. <laughs> it was, I mean, I, I did like four more minutes after that, but it was like, nobody laughed. It was so brutal. And I couldn't even go to the show on Sunday. I just sat in the hotel room and drank myself to sleep. <laughs> it was like, and then I had like a four hour drive back home. Like, fuck, I don't think I can do this. Uh, but then I opened up at the green door and it did okay. But, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back to <laughs> New Orleans <laughs> after that. It was pretty. I uh, yeah. I mean I've had I've had some bad shows, but I haven't had one where I've like ate shit really hard yet, and I'm dreading it. It's coming. It's, it's coming. The, it, <laughs> it really is the worst. It's um, but that's the that's kind of like where I know that I like I'll keep doing this because I've had like uh, I've had more uh, than one show. I I would have. The minority of shows I do really well at, I would say. I, I that's why I like coming to Moses because it's a good room most of the time, and I and I do all right. But I've had bad shows at Moses. Have had bad shows at the Green Door. I've had bad shows, obviously, in in, in New Orleans, and even in Boston when I was at the Iron Furnace to open mic. It, I didn't do that great. They wrote yes down for my name. That's a, kind of a humble brag, but um, <laughs> I still didn't feel that good about it. But every time, I I like really eat shit. I have like a week or two or something like that where I'm like, oh, I don't think I can fucking do this. Yeah. But I always, I always just go back and write new stuff and just keep at it. And God damn it. The cat. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> it's like, it's doing that on purpose. It knows it's going to get sprayed and it's coming up here. Cause he knows he can fuck with me <laughs> and he knows he can make me feel afraid. Look at him. Like he's staring at us right now. Who sent your cat over the lost boys or the lost couch? <laughs> fuck those guys, dude. He, training cats and shit. He can't hurt you, Matt. It's okay. He can. That's, that's <laughs> only, your only your emotions. Only your emotions. You'll have to get <laughs> Scotty over here to talk about his emotions with animals. I, <laughs> I won't delve into that topic. <laughs> he has a lot of yeah. He's got a, he does. And even I, I was doing a, a joke the other night about how they send dogs to jail, which I thought was kind of funny because it's kind of a play on like how 
the United States like incarcerates the most people out of the entire world. But then I had also written a joke about an armadillo. And on the drive down, I was like, I shouldn't do those jokes back to back because then I'm the guy that tells animal jokes. Mm-hmm. But then in the moment, I was like, yeah, I'm going to tell a joke about an armadillo. It just felt weird. <laughs> it just felt super weird. But <laughs> when I have Scotty on, and I will. I'm going to have to it, yeah, <laughs> drill does, him about <laughs> the bestiality jokes. Yeah, just really dive in there and see what's going on. Scotty, you know, if you listen to this, just come clean with us. We're not going to judge. <laughs> Too harshly, anyway. Not to <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, do you have anything else that you want to plug? Any dates coming up? This is going up within two days. so. Uh, I definitely don't have anything within two days. Um, I mean, there's a comedy show at the green door that I'm not on, but it'll be funny if you're in Fort Walton beach on February 20th. I think it's Drew's last show. Drew Wayne's last show. Oh man. Mosey's Thursdays, obviously probably Saturdays pretty soon. I'm not sure what the deal with that is. And, uh, George Bush did nine 11. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you for being on. Um, don't put us on a black site. Good night, everybody. Fuck Buzzfeed. <laughs>